Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One is Mark and John's the other. They're just friends. They are not lovers. It's two old queens. It's two old queens. They're just sassy, not that mean. Two old queens. It's two old queens. Now shut up. Hello. Welcome to Two Old Queens. I'm John Flynn. I'm Mark Rennie. Oh, Mark, I'm so excited about our guest this week. Please tell everyone who is joining us. He's a writer. His work has appeared in the New York Times, NPR, GQ, and he's also host of the podcast Lasagna Time with Billy and Kyle. It's Kyle Turner. Yay! Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for doing this. So delighted to have you. Now, we got into it a little bit before uh, we started recording, and I told you to shut up because I wanted <laughs> to talk about it now. Because your podcast is about, like, the intersection of food and movies. So I wanted to ask, mm-hmm. like, what are your thoughts on, like, because now you go to, like, the draft house, and, like, you can have full mm-hmm. meals, like, during mm-hmm. the movie. Are you a fan mm-hmm. of this experience? Um, I am admittedly a little mixed on the experience. Mm. A little uh, mixed I'm trying to think of like a good mixed food pun, but I have not been operating salad. all cylinders. Salad. Yeah, mixed salad. I'm, I'm like a mixed chef salad or something. Um, I think there are definitely times when it's when it makes sense to be eating nachos or chicken wings, like during mm-hmm. a James Bond movie or doing or during like the new Marvel movie or something. Go wild. That's fine. That's that's perfectly fine. But I always think it's very funny because um, Alamo Drafthouse also does these special cr- programs of older films, sometimes independent in art house films. And I just I just can't imagine 
watching like Chantal Ackerman's Jean Doman and and having to like listen to someone eat nachos in front of me like <laughs> right smell the whiff of jalapeno as like she's making burnt coffee it's just it doesn't seem like the right time for me like it is say there is something intrusive about smelling someone else's food like if it's right? my food yeah. I don't mind because I went mm. and saw Parasite at the draft house and the guy next to me had truffle fries which a little on the yeah. nose but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is like distracting sometimes unless it were like an immersive experience where like the you're eating the same food it's as like a pairing with screen. the movie yeah exactly like if they and had those noodles they had in paris so that would have yeah, been amazing exactly. it almost and be like I, a smell vision kind of thing almost exactly exactly and i i think they've tried to do that in the past with certain films but i just unless you're giving me the same like awful potatoes and like burnt <laughs> coffee and and whatever like meatloaf she's making in that film I just I, I think there's a time and a place and it's not during that film and it's not during it's it's not during like Claire Denis white material <laughs> no <laughs> I once went to like it was like a film festival in San Jose like a million years ago I don't remember what the movie was but it was some like it was essentially like a Holocaust drama and I had went to get mm -hmm. snacks, but I'm walking in during the director giving the introduction and I had a whole <laughs> bucket of popcorn, two sodas. I think I felt like a real American <laughs> asshole. <laughs> One I time mean, I I've went been... and saw an X-Men movie and it was like a very early in the morning. It was like a, like a 10, 10 a.m. screening and a woman next to me who for some reason was dressed head to toe in safari gear, sure. uh, ate four hot dogs before the movie started. <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> it is not even 10 a.m. That's a lot of processed meat for someone to have. I miss anyway, that though. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I miss I miss like eating 70% of my snacks before the movie has started. I, I'm really bad with sneaking things into theaters. I can't resist the temptation of sneaking in Panera bread to a 35 millimeter screening of pennies from heaven. <laughs> I might have mentioned this human. before. Yeah, I think I'd have I probably meant, but I did once sneak a Chipotle burrito into uh, Fahrenheit 9/11. Oh yes, in I my mean, cargo short pocket. <laughs> so I was That's very cool back for, the time. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean I think that makes sense. I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna watch something go down, you might as well go down with them. <laughs> right. I might as exactly. well destroy my stomach while Michael Moore destroys George W. Bush's foreign mm -hmm. policy. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, speaking of international relations. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect segue. <laughs> Today, we're talking about the man from UNCLE. John, what's the deal with the man from UNCLE? Mark, let me tell you the deal with the man from UNCLE. It was directed by Madonna's ex, Guy Ritchie, and it was written by Ritchie and Lionel Wigram based on the television series. And it's the early 1960s and CAA agent Napoleon Solo and KGB operative Ilya are forced to put aside long-standing hostilities and team up on a joint mission to stop a mysterious international criminal organization bent on destabilizing the fragile balance of power through the proliferation of nuclear weapons and technology. The film stars Harry Cavill, Army Hammer, Alicia Vikander, Elizabeth Debicki, Jared Harris, and Hugh Grant. It was released on August 14th, 2015 by Warner Brothers and grossed $107 million on a budget of $75 million. It received mixed reviews from critics. Richard Roper of the Chicago Sun-Times said, The Man from Uncle plays like a lower-key vintage edition of Mission Impossible, but called it a good movie with a great look. And in April of 2017, it was reported that Wigram was working on the script for a sequel. And that is the deal 
with the man from Uncle. I don't think anyone's holding their breath for the sequel. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. Uh, at I, this am, point. I am. I am. I'm just saying. I don't think it's happening. I think the ship may have sailed on that. Well, well, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm opposed to a sequel. Right, right, right. I'm just right. saying I think the ship may have sailed. Uh, Kyle, we asked you to pick a movie. Why the Man from Uncle? I think the Man from Uncle is a film that not only looks gorgeous, but I think it takes a lot of the subtext of a majority of, of the James Bond films. I'm a huge James Bond fan. Um, it takes the subtext of a lot of James Bond movies and kind of lays it out as text. It similar is, I, I think there's a, a similarity to the animated show Archer and that mm. all the sort of things that we take as a given about James Bond, that he's suave, sophisticated, they're sort of undermined in that like, actually he's, kind of a jerk am i allowed to swear on this podcast yeah absolutely yes it's kind of an asshole kind oh my god asshole. what <laughs> so crass I, I know i i have a potty mouth sometimes um and the the dynamics that he has either with the villain or with any sort of like immediate allies um always have had this kind of queer subtext i mean even in goldfinger in 1964 the joke of Bond being on that slab as this laser is about mm. to basically um, emasculate him. Like that's, that is a, basically like a, a dick joke. Right, right. <laughs> Bit of gay <laughs> yeah. panic, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like there's also the the gay villains, um, Wint and Kid from Diamonds Are Forever um, in 1972, I believe. So I think that the man from Uncle takes that and applies it to um, Army Hammer and to uh, Henny Cavill's characters, where they're literally in a dick measuring contest throughout the entire film. <laughs> and I think that is also really amusingly applicable in terms of like the way that you can graph that on to the competition that the United States has had with, with Russia as far as um, international or geopolitical struggle. Absolutely. I mean, that's a lot better said than I ever could. I was also thinking like um, the Mission Impossible movies are very similar. Like Tom Cruise surrounds himself with these men and like the women only figure as like plot devices in terms of like, I got to rescue my wife or I got to say, protect my yeah. wife. But it is like a man amongst men uh, wearing uh, masks. <laughs> yeah, M-A-S-C. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I've been going through the Bourne, the Jason Bourne movies like the last mm -hmm. couple of weeks. And those are almost the anti that because they are so yeah. he is so like he has this, he actually has a romance and it seems he's a genuinely mm -hmm. nice guy who doesn't know who he is. Yeah. Wow. I mean, who amongst it? Do, do any of us know who we are? I mean, that's the struggle, isn't that's it? Right. <laughs> if but you figured think... it out, you got to keep searching. I think. <laughs> yeah. There's more. But I, I think the Bourne movies are also like an interesting compliment to sort of this triangulation of James Bond, Jason Bourne, and Napoleon Solo. Um, mm -hmm. Because like the Bourne movies are very post 9-11 and they're very, very gritty. And James Bond sort of followed in its footsteps with Casino yes. Royale and Quantum of Solace, especially in 2008. No one remembers that one because it's a bad movie. Um, <laughs> the worst thing about being on the internet is like watching all these James Bond people saying, actually Quantum of Solace was good. I'm like, no, you're, no, 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 go back, go back. <laughs> no, but, and then, and then you have um, uh, the man from Uncle, which is such so explicitly a pastiche, so explicitly yeah. a period piece. Right. It is taking like all the the sort of cultural I 
idea of, of the James Bond movies from the 60s and then adding like several more layers of artifice to them, several more layers layers of, of style and spectacle and um, surface, which I think is really, really gorgeous. And I think that, I think also what is interesting about that is it also seems to be in dialogue with um, Die Another Day from 2002, because like the, uh, there seemed to be this umbrage that a lot of James Bond fans took with that film being so cartoonish and mm. so ridiculous. And The Man from U.N.C.L.E. is much in the same way, a kind of cartoonish, um, excessive caricature of, of history. And I, th- I think they're ba- basically both in dialogue with one another. Do you think that could have been Guy Ritchie defending Die Another Day, which featured his ex-wife, Madonna, as Madonna. a fencing instructor? That's true. Yes. <laughs> and did the theme song. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. It uh, maybe, could be. Yeah. Maybe it is like a little bit of a love, love letter. I, I would believe that. I would believe that. <laughs> Even though they've been divorced for quite a long time. <laughs> but the maybe it's his way of saying, this is for you a never, Bronx. You never or <laughs> fall out of love completely. <laughs> you never leave Madonna. <laughs> no. Uh, so, John, what did you think of The Man from Uncle? Oh, well, I'd never seen it before, uh, just a few hours ago. And I mean, yeah, I think it was very stylish. I think there's like no like sexuality at all in this movie. Like it, it's, oh. I felt like it was like Henry Cavill, like I was looking at his IMDb and like a third of his credits are Superman. Like that's most of it. <laughs> sure. And I was like, I don't like, I could look at him forever, you know, all day, every day. But I was like, I don't know if he's a good actor. Like he might as well have been Data from Star Trek The Next Generation in this movie. Like he just felt Mm -hmm. very sort of like flat and like not really connecting to anyone, anyone really on a human level. Um, But again, he looks so good in those suits that, I mean, I wasn't really minding that much and that dimple in his chin, who could, who could care? Um, So yeah, it was super stylish, super fun to look at. Um, but you know, it was sort of like, okay, you know, like I was just sort of like along for the ride, enjoyed the visuals, uh, at times didn't make sense, but didn't bother me. It was just sort of fun. Um, yeah, but I like, I wanted it to, I mean, I wanted it to go farther. I was like, come on, let's, uh, let's porn this up. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's, that's, I feel like that's what Guy Ritchie wanted to do, but he just didn't do it. Uh, how about you, Mark? You thought thought it was going to be the man and an uncle. <laughs> I believe like there's a studio called Say Uncle. <laughs> you might be right. Perfect. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I guess Army Hammer's turn and Call Me by Your Name had sort of uh, set me up for some false expectations. But what about you, Mark? What did you think of uh, The Man from Uncle? Uh, it was interesting to watch it in light of like all these recent <laughs> revelations about Army <laughs> Hammer and how it's like he has a interesting like cannibal fetish, which is fine. Don't need a kick shit as long as there's consent on it. You know, of it's course, fine. Of course, but it does seem like anyone. he's going through some dark times personally. Uh, but I had never seen this before. I've seen a bunch of Guy Ritchie movies, like a lot of his like Snatch and all those, Lockstock and the Sherlock Holmes, of course, but I thought this was fun. Actually, because I've been watching so many, I've been going through all the Mission Impossible and now the Jason Bourne. It's fun to see like just how this plays out against those. And like, even like the big raid against the island is almost like an afterthought. Like the, the actual stunt sequences are just kind of like, 
whatever. Like the movie itself isn't that interested in the actual action of it. It's more just like presenting the idea of the action of it mm -hmm. and like putting sure. it against a cool song and with like a lot of bunch of uh, split screens. It is like so visually fun to watch. So I thought it was, and I do think it is pretty homoerotic. I think it's just all underplayed, but it is there. Are, these two guys are in love with each other, essentially. Uh, and the woman just gets in the way. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. Uh, so I think that is what is the fun and they just really lean in, especially there's so many, another scene where uh, Henry Cavill has a fight in a bathroom, like right. this and Mission Impossible Fallout. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm. we need a third. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and then it's a trend piece. It needs to heighten, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so I don't know, I had a good time with it. I wasn't bored, I didn't check my watch. I thought it flew by and I really appreciated just how, what it, it did, it zigged when other like uh, spy movies zag, which I kind of thought was a lot of fun. So Kyle, as you may or may not know, but I suspect you do, we are looking for the gayest movies ever. So we have a very complex and Byzantine scoring system with which to judge these movies. So we're gonna go through a ton of categories. And at the end, you are gonna come up with a category and it will be added, added to, to the, the wheel. wheel. Does that make sense? Probably not, but it will when we get to it. So don't worry <laughs> about it. Uh, so this is our current ranking, the current top five gayest movies ever. Uh, number five with an 85.9 percent The Lost Boys. Number four with an 86.92 percent Death Becomes Her. Number three with an 89.81 percent The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Number two with a 92.99 percent The Brighter Frankenstein. And still number one with a 94.83 percent Female Trouble. One of those okay. chocolate heels. <laughs> uh, if you had a guess, where do you think uh, A Man from Uncle might end up on the scale? I think it'll fall out of the top five, honestly. Okay. <laughs> but I wanna, I wanna root for it to be in like the top ten. A top ten, yeah. very yeah. aggressive. Uh, we'll see. And I should say, we we are debuting. We have updated the scoring system. There's, we've just yes. thrown out a few categories and replaced them with older ones that were on the wheel that have now been promoted to canon and or bonus. So this is the first movie. We haven't thrown out any categories. They're we've thrown out. The no, they've been moved to the wheel. It's all right. I'm done. They're dead to me if you're on the wheel. They sashayed um, away. Thank you. They might be back for all stars. We don't know. Possible. <laughs> so the first group of categories are the canon categories. So for these, we're each going to give it a score between zero and 100. Then we take the average of all three of our scores. So the first one, Kyle, on a scale of zero to 100, what, how would you rate the man from Uncle in actual gay characters? Oh, um, and not subtextual. Zero, technically. <laughs> you can throw in a few points. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a binary. You know, if you think, I'll give it like ten. A ten. Ten. Well, they so, do like the first. They do say they're like dressing up Gabby. Yeah. Right. It's, it's it's very like, gay. With yeah. They're debating about what she yeah. should wear if the belt yes. goes with what outfit. Exactly. Yeah. See, that's what I'm not sure. Like, if if we want to read that as text. Um, then I would be happy to bump it up to like 25. I'm saying, I don't think it's zero. You know what I mean? I don't think it, it's <laughs> right, got to right. count for something. I'm, I'm going to give it 25. I'm going to be, I'm going to okay. be nice today. So now we have Henry Cavill sleeps with that one, the woman who works at the front desk, but Army mm -hmm. Hammer doesn't have sex with anybody. Does he even talk right. about ever about like a girlfriend or any sort of love interest? I know he's like pretending to be, uh, you know, with Gabby, but there's um, no. He, he wrestles with Gabby, which I think is gayer. 
honestly. Scared <laughs> than sex. And yeah, he wrestles to um, Cry to Me by Solomon Giorgio. No. Um, uh, I, I forgot the artist's name, but the, the song is Cry to Me, and it was also featured in Dirty Dancing. And I think that song and wrestling with Alicia <laughs> oh, Vikander Solomon Burke. is very yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Solomon Burke. There's also a line where uh, Henry Cavill says, "I'll take the top, you take the bottom." Mm-hmm. The, I think, and he, I think uh, Army Hammer says, "I'll take the top," and then Henry Cavill says, "I'll take the bottom." Well, it makes sense. Mm. <laughs> Army Hammer's Armie taller. Is taller. That's <laughs> and that's yeah. how that works. That's how gay sex works. Whoever's taller yes. is the top. Yes, or you just suffer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or no I'm one suffering. enjoys themselves. <laughs> Um, but no one is actually gay, but I do think they're not not gay. It's just yeah. kind of how I would. But I mean, that's, if there were a sequel, it, if they if they did make out, it wouldn't go against what has been, you know, it wouldn't go against what has been established, right? Right. right. I agree. Because we don't know exactly what Army Hammer did to those three guys in that bathroom. No, we never I, see I, it. And and given like his bathroom experience in this film i think he knows like how to tap his foot thank you <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly uh, coming to play later <laughs> john what do you want to give it on actual gay characters? uh yeah for that also i was gonna what do we think about uncle rudy the torturer the nazi yeah. torturer I mean, we Cody never find queer. it. We don't know that he had, he could be like, he's, he's sort of like, villi- queer, he's, yeah. there's something about like the villainy of him that feels like, oh, of the, you know, in the fifties or sixties, he would have been like the sissy gay villain. You know what I mean? Oh, so sure. there's something yes. there. Yeah, for sure. So based on all of that, I'll actually go, I'll go 35. 35. Wow. The same age as Bobby and company. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I'm also going to give it a 35 because I think they are kind of like coded gay. Like it's there if you Can want. Can I change my score? You Absolutely. Of course. <laughs> I would like to change my score to 35. <laughs> okay. We're all together in 35. Uh, all right. Next category. This one might be a little on a scale of zero to 100. How would you rate Man from Uncle in Drag Queen Inspiration? Could a drag queen watch this and come away with a whole book of ideas? Yes, I do believe that because it is very like Italian mod style. And I do think that like Alicia Vikander and Elizabeth Debicki, tall Queen Elizabeth Debicki. Yes, especially her. Yes, absolutely. She would come, uh, a a queen could come away with some some very fun ideas. Although like, I think if a queen watched this um, and were to come away with ideas, she would have to definitely build on them because as (laughs) fabulous as the designs are in this film, they... They might be a little bit too muted for a show, depending on the kind of queen, uh, whether she was a passion queen <laughs> or, the or bar. slightly weird right. or something. Yeah. Um, I th- so I think it could provide a great inspiration, but she wouldn't. She would need to do more than just lift the styles or lift the looks. So I'd give it like maybe a, a forty or forty-five. Forty. 45. Yeah, I agree. I think it is stylish as hell. And like, I am so jealous of skinny Italian women and just, they just make everything look amazing. It's incredible. But I don't think that there is a look that you go, that if someone were to wear, you'd be like, yes, man from uncle come through. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's happening. 
<laughs> sure. Am I wrong? Do you, but is if there this like was a, a three hundred million dollar movie, I mm. might have been. You know what I mean? I do think there are like Elizabeth Debicki certainly has like yeah. her jewel at the uh, what are they at the car race? Right at the racetrack. Sure. Yeah, the racetrack. No, I I agree. I'm not arguing that. I think it, everything is like incredible, but I don't think there's an iconic look that you would go. Oh, that's, that's yes, apart from that maybe is, other '60s. Right. Exactly. That's Man from well, Uncle. I I mean I would mostly agree with you, but. One exception I'd like to proffer maybe is <laughs> is Debicki's look when she's poisoning um, Napoleon Soto. That was great. I but I, for me it was more about the the chair that she sat in. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I had such envy for her little easy chair that was so fabulous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know that could be a queen's throne. I'll give it a thirty-five. Thirty-five. Uh, I think I'm going to split the difference. Give this a 40. Give it an average of 40. All right. Our next category, gay icons. How would you rate Man from Uncle and gay icons? Alicia Vikander? Is she on her way? Ex Machina alone, (laughs) I think, is pulling a lot of weight there. I mean, she's she's building the resume. That's for sure. And I think Elizabeth Debicki is too, as well. See, I'm torn on this. I think Mm. definitely Elizabeth Debicki on her way to becoming a gay icon. Alicia Vikander, I'm not sure because she was recently cast in that Irma Vep HBO series that Olivia oh, Sias yeah. is doing. And like one of my main issues with that casting is like, one, she's not international enough. And two, she doesn't have the same like sort of gay iconography bump that Maggie Chung has or had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna give That's it true. maybe, I, I think Debicki holds a lot of weight or is doing a lot of the work here. And would All you her count life. Henry? <laughs> I know. Would you count Henry Cavill as a gay icon? No, I almost feel I feel like his body is, but right. I feel it more than he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like his body is like guys are like, I want a Henry Cavill. Like, yeah, that's who I want. You know what I mean? I feel like his body is like idealized, like that's what a man should look like, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think. <laughs> It is. I read on uh, IMDb trivia. He said, like, he was so happy he didn't have a shirtless scene in this movie so he could focus on his acting. And I was like, I don't <laughs> think we could tell the difference. <laughs> but I'm just. Go back if to you the say sit-up, so, sorry. Henry. Yeah. yeah. Um, he is the is... perfect, like, he, I do think he is good at Mission Impossible Fallout, though. He's great in that. I think that's the best mm, thing I think I've seen him. Him as, like, a heel, I think is fun. I, but I, honestly, I don't know if really... he is. I honestly like really like the his blankness, his like very flat American affect because I think it embodies sort of the f- and Russia in this film always has like the leg up, especially in technology and in especially mm. technique. And I think that sort of like broad everyman flatness works to his advantage for in the film, but that's not necessarily gay iconography. So with Debicki doing a lot of the work and Alicia Vikander maybe on her way, um, maybe I'd give it like a, a 55. Well, what about uh, Guy Ritchie for being a Madonna ex-husband? Is there any points there? There's points taken away. That- <laughs> <laughs> he broke her heart by a turning 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what was your score again, Kyle? Uh, 55. 55. 55. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty low for me for like gay icons. Like I don't, I don't see a lot of gay people who are like, I stan Debicki. I uh, um, never saw Widows, oh, John. Okay, that's oh, true. I love a, Widows. There is definitely a section of like gay Twitter that loves Elizabeth Debicki. Uh-huh. Yes, that's true. I don't, I don't not like her, 
but I'm just like iconic. I'm gonna. Well, have she's to on go. the way. I think she's on. I think she 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 will eventually get like that best supporting actress nomination for something. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Which immediately gives you fifty points. Did, Absolutely. Did you did you guys see when she was in um, a production of Jean Genet's um, The Maids with Isabelle Huppert and Kate Blanchett? <laughs> no, I did not see that. I missed that yeah. somehow. That was at Lincoln Center. Of course, it was. <laughs> <laughs> was it great? <laughs> I didn't get to see it. I wasn't oh. in New York. Oh, time, are you kidding? That ticket? I that I ticket, the was, most impossible ticket. I I heard it wasn't very good, but like being able to see the three of them on stage would have like made my little gay brain. Break. Of course. I mean, right now I'm like any even a bad play. I'm like great. You know, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? You're out there acting. Know all your lines. Great. Good for you. You showed up. <laughs> This is awesome. I'm sitting here enjoying my KFC while you're acting up there. Great. Um, I'll go 27. 27. Uh, I'm going to go 35, mostly for Henry Cavill's body and Elizabeth Debicki's body of work. Um, (laughs) Thank you for your respect. All right. Our next category, the male gaze. How horny is the camera for the male form? So horny. Very right. horny. Like, Good for you, Guy Ritchie. He's always been kind of cheeky like that, though, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. We, like, well, we uh, could have had a shirtless shot. I know Henry was happy not to have one. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. But I, I think it's so horny for the way that men kind of use their bodies to communicate with one another as in, in the context of, like, spy <laughs> movies. It is so much of, like I said, making, like, the subtext of James Bond movies text and sort of eroticizing all those like very subtle actions and all and and in that way kind of revealing how absurd and like silly they are. Mm-hmm. There's also something to like Henry Cavill's like flatness that makes him seem more like a sociopath, you know, that makes him oh, seem yeah. more like right. just like a cold, like that almost works for the because that would be a spy. Like I'm pretending to be a human ultimately is what mm. my disguise is. Um, I also think for the male for this movie, there's like just tons of like hot guys scattered throughout, like just in the background shots. Oh, yeah. Like even at like the racetrack, I'm like, who's that guy back there? And like I couldn't <laughs> figure I, you know, you can't Google. They just go right past you. Yeah. You'd go Mambo Italiano with them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Do I know how to Mambo? No, but I've been all <laughs> You'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. How hard could it be to Mambo Italiano? <laughs> um, but the guys look great. Yeah, I mean, the tailoring in this movie is impeccable. Exquisite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I feel like this is like a prime example of like metrosexuality. As like, yes. as sort of like overdone and like out of fashion as that phrase is, but it feels like that's what this is. It's like everyone just looks impeccable. Everything fits perfectly. Every you know, but it still to me just what didn't feel like sexy somehow. It just felt very like I felt like you could still tell that Guy Ritchie is straight, <laughs> which is unfortunate, <laughs> given what the tools he had at his at his fingertips right there. But I do think like the don't you think the men were treated as more of sex objects than the women were in this movie? Yes, I think the women were definitely barely sexualized. Like they all look great. And there was just that like, one shot of that, hell, you know that one I mean? woman like, who was walking away after having sex with oh, Henry yeah. Cavill, you know, in just mm. her underwear from behind. Like that was the that was the most anyone was sort of just objectified for their body was that shot mm. right there. And it was a very brief shot. So and to speak. Within that, <laughs> it was see-through brief. Um, and it was relatively, yeah, it was uh, tasteful as far as that goes. But mm. yeah, I mean, yeah, everyone looks great. I'll go 60. 60. Oh, did we get your score, Kyle? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I will go 80. 80. 
Yeah, because I I think it I think it um objectifies the male characters in a very non-traditional way in that like they are like they're beautiful but they are also there as models and in, in, in like they are modeling these garments for you and that is representative of their masculinity etc cetera, etc cetera. uh okay. better than i could say it <laughs> doing that <laughs> Let me say that all episodes. <laughs> well, Kyle's a genius. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. So I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this a. I'm gonna be cheeky. Give it a 69. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 69.67. Uh, great. All right, our next category: entrances with pizzazz. I would write the entrances with pizzazz. I did think it was very funny when all of a sudden Henry Cavill shows up on a scooter, like from yes. frame, yeah. <laughs> and her he frame says, right. Evening, comrades. <laughs> I thought that I was mean, very fun. Debicki has a great entrance when they're at that car show, and that involves him like doing this whole um, pickpocketing sleight of hand mm-hmm. thing, which right. is fun. Um, at least Hammer just like have it. A- he does in that that first men's room scene. Yeah, yeah. The that first sort of men's fun. room. The, scene. Yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think like overall the editing is like so like quick and rapid that there isn't like there's none none of those like you know like uh, Beetlejuice or like Tim right. Batman style like reveal right. there's no time right. yeah mm-hmm. they're just moving right along. Actually, speaking of the editing, I, what you said earlier in terms of like the idea of an action sequence being in the film, I actually love the way that you described it because I completely agree. It is one of the reasons why I think this film is like really gay is that it's the idea of an action sequence. We don't really care that much. We care more about like the style and the pizzazz mm-hmm. with which it is presented. And that's, I love a split screen. So if you love a split screen, oh yeah, this is the movie for you. I think like mm-hmm. Carrie was the first time I saw a movie. I was like, oh, what is this? What are they doing? <laughs> Two shots at, at once? Where do I look? It's so exciting. <laughs> What's gonna happen? I don't know why there's something about those split screens that are just like, well, especially the De Palma, but there's something about that that's just like, I don't know, it's pure, I guess it's like something only cinema can do in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. That makes True. it so exciting. Uh, entrances with pizzazz. <laughs> what do we want to give it? I'll give it a 35. 35, a little muted. Yeah, mm. I'll go, because I've said 35 a couple times now, I'll go 37. 37. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 30. Uh, Given an average of 34. All right, now here is a new, well, we've renamed a Strident Women. Strident Women is now, because people were getting confused and we kept having to define it. So now we're just calling it Hell on Heels. Just so, I you mean, know, so we still have to explain it. So, <laughs> so it's just like a very like tough, like take no prisoners, no nonsense woman. I think Debicki is just like, in this movie, it's like a perfect example of that. I was waiting for her like to have some sort of like, come where she's like, Maybe this is cliche and that's not where they're giving mm-hmm. it to me, but like where she's been like through like a car accident is now bedraggled and like her hair is undone and like she's wielding a flamethrower. I was waiting for her to like take it to like 11, but they never really do. <laughs> she's always very composed and chill. Got all those right? rings on. But that's what I love about it. She is so composed. She's very yeah. off. She doesn't lose it. And I think that's even more terrifying in a way. Sure. And I think Alicia Vikander's character is also like maybe a little bit more muted version of that. She does have like a no nonsense sort of aspect to her character. And she is the one, spoiler, I guess, she's the one who's basically engineered this entire thing. Right. She mm-hmm. wants to see her daddy. 
Yes. I do think Elizabeth Debicki would make a great Emma Frost. So Marvel, make that happen. Hope you're listening. Uh, I, yeah, that's interesting. I'd be into that. I also thought the other day I was watching that movie Possessor and I thought Jennifer Jason Lee would be a great <laughs> Professor X. Wow. <laughs> it went totally different. I definitely misheard Emma Frost and, and thought you said Emma Peel. From, <laughs> no. the, from the other Avengers. <laughs> There's only one. <laughs> She'd be great too. I believe Elizabeth Debicki could do anything. Uh, so what would you give this for Hell on Heels for the the <laughs> tough? 75. 75. I think Debicki is like the textbook definition. I'm actually going to go 90. 90. Because she's literally in heels for she's most heels. of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll go 90 as well. Giving it an 85. Pretty great. All right, our next category, macabre. How macabre is the man from Uncle? Not, well, there's, not very. Well, we've got Uncle Rudy, who's like gets off on torture. Oh, okay, That's yeah. pretty macabre. And anytime you got Hitler showing up. Mm. <laughs> anytime. <laughs> Sorry, Jojo Rabbit, you're yeah. macabre. <laughs> <laughs> the producer's macabre. Well, speaking of, one of the producers of this movie was Steve Mnuchin. Trump's Secretary of Uh, Treasury. And to me, that's kind of macabre on a meta level. (laughs) I did not realize that. Yeah. So you support um, the Trump administration is what you're saying by picking this movie. Yes, I'm outing myself as an LGBTQ in honor. Thank you. Wow. (laughs) Which is to say, those poor people. Um, uh, Yes, that is very macabre. And I, and I guess also the torture sequence is um, very like black humor, um, especially because I isn't it like attached to like like their the fingers. It was unclear. It, it took oh well, it was hard. It took a while for me to figure. It wasn't until like you got like a wide shot later that I was like oh. Mm-hmm. I was like, how is he being tortured? I wasn't clear at first. Then it's I think there was like something attached to his fingers. Mm-hmm. Probably because they're clothed the entire time, right? But you do see like his <laughs> he like shows his way. like <laughs> he does show his like scrapbook of like I was like almost like I don't know man from Uncle if you should be referencing the Holocaust like I don't know if this is like <laughs> you've earned right. this. I don't know yeah. if you've earned this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were having a light fun time and now I'm like oh boy <laughs> those poor people. Do we think the Cold War is macabre? I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> It's the theme for my birthday party every year. I do think, yeah, it's totally macabre. You know, uh, civil defense, duck and cover, all that stuff. Threat right. of Cuban missile co- uh, crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, on those Ditto. points, on those points alone, I think I, I'll give it a thirty. Thirty. Uh, I think for the torture, yeah, I'll go. I'll go thirty-three on this one. Thirty-three, John, <laughs> changing up. I'm going to give it a twenty-five. I mean, uh, mostly this movie's light, frothy fun. Uh, Given it a 29.33. I tell you what I can compare that to, but I have to like tab over to a different thing. (laughs) We haven't built up this uh, scoring system yet. All right, our next category, dramatic lighting. Let's write this on the dramatic lighting. Oh, great, great lighting. Maybe dramatic is not the right word because I think the lighting benefits like how stylish everyone is. Right. In a way, isn't stylishness drama? Of course. True. So actually, there's drama in like, fashion. Yeah, I would give it like a 92. 92. <laughs> Those streets of Rome at night look great. Long mm. shadows. There's a fun mm. thing where like they did got like this 
Henry Cavill like shoots, like does an amazing like trick shot with his gut, and then like they push into his face and like there's like a lens Weird flare rainbow. like right yeah. under his that eye. That was great. I yeah, right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. This is like maybe the best looking Guy Ritchie movie. No offense to Aladdin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do think this is maybe his best looking movie. Yeah, it was definitely fun to look at throughout. Yeah, there's fun lighting in it. I'll go, I'll go 81. 81. Uh, I'm going to go 88. I think it all looks pretty great. I mean, that's kind of the appeal of the entire movie. Uh, Give it also the torturer burning to death. Like you first see the flames on their face and you're not quite putting Mm -hmm. it together. Uh, Give it an average of 87. All right. Our next category, vibrato. So for this category, in addition to literal vibrato, we also mean anytime they take a moment and give it kind of extra and sort of zhuzh it up. It's not something you need, but you like it. I mean, that that sequence that's like the slow zoom on Henry Gavill with the gun, I think that's very vibrato. I think yeah. basically any moment that Debicki's on screen is vibrato there. Um, but other than that, I think maybe it's a little lighter on vibrato. So maybe like, maybe a 40. 40. I think there's a lot of, like it's, all of these movies to me, I just love how like anytime they go to a lair somewhere, it's never just like, uh, uh, a sort of nondescript house or like warehouse. It's always like a huge island that has ancient <laughs> yeah. Greek ruins on it. And like the hallway is super, you know, like the 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 safe that they break into is like enormous. Uh, mm. It's like a mansion could fit inside that safe. So like all that stuff feels so vibrato to me. And even just like, like the, I think the action sequence, I know you guys are saying they were sort of like muted, but I thought like the car chase at the beginning, you know, mm. where car chase like, is fun drive through that was fun and like uh henry cavill like driving the truck on top of the boat you know what i mean Uh like all of these things felt very sort of like vibrato but even that was like set against like this song this romantic italian yeah yes and i love that like most of that sequence is like watching henry cavill eat in a picnic (laughs) enjoying (laughs) his fine wine (laughs) and i guess a blt i'm not sure I think anytime you have an alternate version of a studio logo, that's vibrato to me. <laughs> this one does. They also have fun with subtitles. Yes. Uh, being kind of cheeky. I think whatever Jared Harris is doing is vibrato, his idea mm. of an American. And also say Nazis. They say Nazis. <laughs> and just all the split screen. Yeah, there's a bunch of vibrato in this. I'm going to go, uh, I'll go 80. 80. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm also gonna go pretty high because I think Could especially I a movie. My score again? You can no. change it. Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, you can. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm clearly just Don't so underestimating my myself. I'm gonna go 75. 75. Uh, I think I'm also gonna go 80 with you, John. Giving it an average of 78.33. All right, our next category: footwork. I would rate the footwork in this. I mean, there's a lot of fun chase scenes. One of the things that I thought was really fun is right at the beginning when Henry Cavill is hiding in the back of the car and he rolls down the car window with just his foot. I thought that was mm-hmm. fun. That's true. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That's like very that. footworky. Um, there's I mean, so much running and chasing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Running through the woods. <laughs> there's running. that dance sequence that uh, Gabby has in the hotel room. Oh my God. That is like my one of my favorite scenes of all time. <laughs> That 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 dance that she does in the background while like Army Hammer's in focus of all and time. Her, yes, yes. <laughs> I like. I literally wrote like a fifteen hundred word essay about it. Wow, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, and this has been published. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I, I mean, I think that sequence of her dancing in the background just drunkenly is like almost as any, almost as good as any sort of like conventional dance choreography that you'll see because it's <laughs> it inspires that, me. This, yeah, I mean, Martha Graham could never. <laughs> <laughs> she would never. <laughs> <laughs> it inspires the same sort of like giddy, rapt attention that watching like the the dance sequence in Sweet Charity does. <laughs> okay, we stand, Gabby. Uh, trying to seduce uh, sociopathic Russian anger issues. <laughs> so what do you want to give this for footwork? I would include that car chase in footwork too. That is, mm. there's a lot of fun things where they're like taking corners, these two cars like side by side and perfect. And it looks real to me. I don't know if it was CGI, mm-hmm. but it looked pretty great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a, a, a 72. 72. I'm going to go 63. 63. Uh, I'll go 70, giving it a 68.33. All right, here is a new category, graduated from the wheel. Spank bank deposits. Anything you could watch during this and add to your spank bank? I feel it's all like the idea, like it's almost like the setting, the like beginnings of fantasy. Yeah. And then, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's like the, it's like the first uh, 30 seconds of a porno. Right, right. This <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, yeah. It's not the thing that I am exactly like spanking to, but it's the <laughs> thing that I'm spanking in. If that makes sense. Yes. Right. This is the spanked bank itself, the structure. Yes. <laughs> and I'm about to make a deposit. Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that being said, I am like deeply fascinated with with um, uh, Henry Cavill's performance again. Just like square. It's like it's like a square talking. <laughs> like a cube. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. What is? Yeah, I guess like, are you a fan of his Superman? No, not really. I don't, I, I yeah, I am not. Uh, the, what's the turnoff? The total lack of humanity? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the color palette of those movies is just so yeah. weird. Brown. That sort of, so yeah. you're not excited yeah. for the four hour version Snyder of cut. Zack Snyder's I'm good. Justice League. <laughs> I am good. I, I'm, I'm good. I, I, no, thank you. Um, I, I'm happy for anyone, for anyone who, who enjoys it, but. I will be rewatching The Man from Uncle three times <laughs> in the amount of time and still have time left over. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like you said, dad, very much data, very much a Rubik's Cube talking. And like, he's like an action figure. I could, I could spank to a cl- fully clothed action figure. In some ways, he's like sure. a, t- a p- you could project anything you want onto him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what do you, yeah, what do you think? What do you want to give this for spank bank deposits? I'll give it a 33. 33. Yeah, I mean, I think he is beautiful. And it's like, Army Hammer is also very attractive as well. But of course, there's recent <laughs> recent allegations. Once you learn sort of, things, it's kind of. <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, I agree. Like it's it almost like in, instead of like jerking it to this, you're like, it reminds you like, oh, right. I should jerk off later. Um, <laughs> so I'll give it because uh, you need to be reminded. Set my alarm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, that's yeah. right. I have to be horny. <laughs> yes. But it is like Italy. And I just think like there's something about Italy and all that fashion is just so like sexy and all that. That guy, we haven't mentioned him. Like Elizabeth Debicki's like husband is like super hot. Yeah, he's very sexy. Movie, like 
Mm -hmm. uh, Luca yeah. Calvani. Uh, I'll give it a 35. 35. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a 30. I think it is just uh, the setting of it. Nothing against Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant's great. Um, all right, next category. What would you, on a scale of zero to 100, how likely are you to recommend the man from Uncle to a gay person? I'm, oh, I recommend it to, <laughs> to queers all the time. <laughs> and uh, only a few of them are mad at me. So. <laughs> You know, so that's the price you have to pay. You yeah. don't have any like caveats before a gay person says, I've never seen it. You're never like, mm, hold on. No, I mean, I think there's, I, I, you have Debicki's fabulousness. You have the sort of, a lot of the like gay jokes between the two characters. And I think it's just a really fun movie to watch. Um, and it's like also okay to zone out during it because the plot <laughs> right. does not matter. <laughs> right. Like, I've seen this movie like, over a dozen times, could not tell you what happens in it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, all the flashbacks are like, well, they keep flashing back. Well, here's what really happened. Like, okay, yeah. great. But it's yeah. also like a flashback to like yeah. 20 seconds ago. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Which somehow is still watchable. As soon as they do a whoosh and you're going back in time, I'm like, what's happening? I'm watching. I'm not bored. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, a 90 for me. A 90. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fun. Uh, I I'll go I'll go seventy. Seventy. I do think this is one like if you aren't even I think it's like this would appeal both to people who are fans of the spy genre and also people who have no interest in the spy genre. I think because this movie isn't really that interested in like all that stuff is there in terms of like it's what it's not doing. But uh, if you're not interested in James Bond, watch this. You'll probably have a fun time. Uh, so I'll give it a, I'll give it a 80. Why not? Give it an average of 80. All right. Now we are into the wheel category. So these are all categories that previous guests have brought in. We put them on this wheel, which is an app Amazing. on my phone. We're going to spin it four times and whatever category randomly pops up, that's how we will judge it. And then after that, mm -hmm. you will come up with a category, which will be added to the wheel, which explains Incredible. that thing we did earlier. And it's all coming together. <laughs> Foreshadowing payoff. Okay, waiting in the wings. Waiting in the wings. Um, not much waiting in the wings here, I don't think, because no one really likes each other. Well, in some way, I would think Gabby kind of is in terms of like she's waiting to like hatch her plan. You know what I mean? Like she's waiting, she's hiding her true motivations from the guys until Isn't she that? gets in front of her father. You mm -hmm. can also, I would also say that the the sequence where Cavill and Hammer are sneaking into that that big safe and they're sort of like hiding in different hallways and like turning off the power and doing all that stuff. <laughs> that to me feels very sort of waiting in the wings. Like waiting they're literally for, waiting in the waiting wings. Waiting for people to walk by so then they could scoot, you know, scamper <laughs> into their next little level. We love a scampering. Uh, mm. So there's some there. Maybe yeah, the, the organization uncle itself is waiting to be born. <laughs> that's ah, true. This whole yeah. movie is a prequel mm. and a setup. This is a bit of a stretch, mm -hmm. perhaps. Yeah. But... <laughs> so um, two Nap points for that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Napoleon Solo is waiting to like really explicitly, you know, I don't know, fuck the Russian. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> They're bound to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'd give it like a 15. 15. Yeah, I'll go 23. 23. Yeah, I was going to go 10. So I'm going to go 10. Giving it an average of 16. All right, now, wheel category. We, waiting in the Wings is from our Showgirls episode. 
Okay, here we go. You gave it to me. You gave it to me. This is just, did the movie deliver on the promise? Did it like, do you feel like- Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It gave me more than I than I could have asked for. Um, it is, it's, it is like James Bond in a perfume bottle. Oh, right. I like that. That's a nice way to put That's it. That's a really good pull quote. <laughs> I get, did you have any preconceived, did you know the show at all? Like the TV show? I was familiar with the TV show and my mother had a really big crush on the guy who played Ilya Kuryakin in the, in the original TV show. Um, but I had only seen like one or two episodes and the, the show was actually um, created or Ian Fleming, the original James Bond writer was involved in its creation. Um, but I kind of walked into it um, only vaguely where and what I all I really wanted was oh a stylish spy movie and that's what it gave me I think you definitely got that yeah yeah so yeah. I, I would give it a 90 95 on that 95 for me I feel like much like with Chekhov's gun I feel like you start off with these two guys bickering about a woman's wardrobe I'm like well then they're fucking by the third act of this movie and they don't <laughs> you know what I mean so you I thought that was going to happen in a PG-13 <laughs> TV show movie adaptation yes exactly Directed put out by Warner Ritchie. Brothers yeah you thought there was going to be full on sex, and they didn't do that so you're yeah. mad I'm furious uh, <laughs> I feel like they didn't quite they sort of the, I feel like it was a whole lot of tease and not as much like payoff as i Think they could have gone with. I think there was just like one music. musical number. Yes, that little that solo dancing uh, by uh, Gabby was not quite enough for me. But it does like it delivers on style. It delivers on like if you do want any of those heisty things, I think it does scratch those itch. Like it gives you enough of those different action sequences. Um, so I'll go seventy-two. Seventy-two. Uh, yeah, I'll go eighty-five. Like I have no interest in the show, but I thought this was a hoot. So. Uh, given an average of 84. And now we're into wheel category number three. I still need to think of a bit for when this is happening. Okay, here we go. <laughs> this is going to do good. Scooter as transportation. Scooter <laughs> as transportation. <laughs> wow. There's a couple. Wow. It's there Italy. Was, That's and nice. how. There was, uh, we talked about it earlier, Henry Cavill showing up in front of the fountain when he says, uh, hello, comrades. And then mm -hmm. after they break into the safe, uh, Cavill and Hammer are sort of like escaping on a scooter, <laughs> right? A are we counting action in this? Are we counting those like weird little um, go karts that they use in the in the mud <laughs> as scooter ish or like those... a dune the dune buggy? Yeah, the dune buggy. Well, Hammer's on an actual motorcycle, which is like a just a scooter on steroids. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I think you have a better case yeah, with mean, a motorcycle than a dune buggy. <laughs> But that's yeah, just me. Yeah, you're right. Okay, we each have our own score. No, no, no you're right. I, I think. <laughs> I I mean I agree. I want to play by your rules. I think that the motorcycle is definitely much more scooter energy, and this film does give. A Thank lot of you. Energy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would give it like a, a seventy-five. Seventy-five. Yeah, there's a lot more scooters than you get from most movies. I'm gonna go seventy. Very true, John. Very true. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'll go uh, 80. Why not? Who cares? Uh, Given in a 75, just because it makes such a statement. You ever ridden a scooter, Kyle? Uh, no. Well, once, actually. There's these things called Revels, which are supposed to be like city bikes. Um, oh. And I've ridden on the back of one with a friend. I don't have the balance to do it by myself. 
Are they like, not... like a lime scooter kind of deal? Like a razor scooter? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Um, they're, they're portable and you pay by the mile, I think. Wow. Um, I don't know how to ride a bike, so Today's I have economy. never done it by myself. Oh, <laughs> you got to get into bikes. Uh, <laughs> Once you learn, you never forget. That's true. Well, you got real lucky with this fourth spin. It is straight flirting. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the sequel, I think. <laughs> the man from Uncle Two, straight flirting. <laughs> right. I mean, I, that's all this film is. Uh, yeah. And it is, it is, to me, it is like straight, but with like a very thin layer of saran wrap. That's <laughs> yeah, we can see it. <laughs> There's no it's, not keeping, it's not keeping anything fresh. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not even like pink colored uh, yeah. saran wrap. It is glass closet. Um, yeah. I, I mean, 95. 95. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go 98. 98. Um, you know what? I'll go 100. I mean, if this isn't all straight flirting, I don't know what else is. Given an <laughs> average of 97.67. For me, they just needed one of them needed to like blow a kiss. You know, not actually kiss, but do like a little mm -hmm. maybe a butt smack. There was a there was a nut uh a nut Excuse smack. me? Yeah, Henry Cavill did yeah. it to that guy at the uh oh, at yeah. the smack. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> straight guys are so weird. <laughs> uh, right. All right, Kyle, the time has come for you to add a category that we can use to judge the man from uncle. Then it'll be put onto the wheel and maybe eventually graduated to canon or bonus. Amazing. Um, can we do all that jazz, which is to say songs that you would dance to in a club in a remix sure. version? Oh, sure. <laughs> songs you would dance to in a club. Uh, songs you would dance to in a club. Like uh, that Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar had that amazing My Heart Will Go On remix. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I would, I mean, when I saw that, I was just like, I, I miss dancing. I never liked dancing in the first place, but now I miss dancing. I want to dance to this song. And like, I think the Man From U.N.C.L.E. soundtrack, which I play all the time, it's like my writing music and my reading music has some great bangers on it. Um, it's got Compared to What by Roberta Flack. Mm -hmm. It's got uh, Cry to Me by Solomon Burke. It's got Take Care of Business by Nina Simone. I would dance to all of those songs, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Torture in D minor, um, <laughs> Banana Freak Out. Yeah, there's, there's some real bangers on the soundtrack. <laughs> uh, so what would you give this then for uh, all that jazz? I would give it a 75 75 yeah there's a lot of fun stuff in here i loved all those italian songs too i'll go i'll go 80 you know not enough uh clubs when it's like retro night they play like you know britney spears toxic you know what i mean like let's go <laughs> like i would love like a 60s or 70s night would be fun god yeah. forbid you hear a yeah 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 song indeed um <laughs> that's sacrilege in my opinion <laughs> okay no 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 you say um <laughs> I'll give it a 75, giving it a 76.67. All right, now we are into the bonus categories. So these categories are just bonus. So for we're just gonna score them now from zero to 10. And so if it doesn't do well in any of these categories, it's okay, because it's not, it's not gonna get penalized. These are just extra bonus points it could get. Mm -hmm. All right, and the first one is a new category. So the inaugural category of musical potential. Could the man from Uncle become a musical? Yes. 
Yes, there you go. <laughs> That's not because I'm just thinking of that one cry to me sequence where Alicia Vikander is dancing in the background. Although I do think that would be such a great I want song. Sure. Um, <laughs> I want dance. I I think that like it's silly enough to lend itself to sort of the the pomposity and the bombast bombastic quality of like a big stage musical. And the fact that it's all in Italy pretty much, I think helps mm-hmm. that too. Like it's not, it's not a globe trotting uh, spy movie. Right. Well, exactly. it starts in Berlin, but yeah. But it's not like a James <laughs> Bond where they go to four or five different, you know. Correct. And it's from what I understand, most musicals are sedentary. Is that right, John? Uh, no, I don't know who told you that. Is there a globe trotting <laughs> musical? Sure, there's tons of them. Musicals tons. go all over the place. Yeah. They're not all just set on Skid Row, Mark. You have to see more wow. than just Little Shop of Horrors. I saw Spider-Man turn off the dark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have to say for me, I think like it's so much, there's so many action sequences that I think would be really tough to like really take advantage of. Like, I don't think it's what musicals do well. I think musicals do best with like emotional stuff. And I don't think this has that. So for Mm -hmm. me, I think it would be, I don't think it's like a very natural fit to being a musical. I don't think like the potential is, is that like obvious or clear, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? There's something mm-hmm. about nuclear warheads don't just sing and dance in my head. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe I'm limited in my view. Weren't there literally dancing nuclear warheads in the producers? Uh, n- I don't think so. I think just just uh, just Nazis and old ladies and walkers. <laughs> so what do we want to give this for musical potential? Five, five, five. I'm gonna go actually one point five. brutal um i don't know i think it could be fun two spies one from russia one from america can they make it work um maybe exactly (laughs) (laughs) he has like a classic dance he does like a square dance you know yes i mean you'd have to make it a love story if it was a musical they have to be the the romantic couple absolutely um, yeah, it would need a major book rewrite, but I see it. Exactly. Uh, it would need a lot of work. Um, unlike <laughs> Spider-Man to Turn Off the Dark, which made times. sense yeah. right from the get-go. Uh, so I'll give it a, I'm going to give it a three. It's not, it's not a natural fit, but I think it could happen. All right, next. This is also a new category. The Queer Menace. How would you rate The Man from Uncle on Queer Menaces? I mean, I think it all depends on if you think Uncle Rudy is Queer. I mean, Uncle Rudy would be doing a lot of that heavy lifting. I think even Uncle Rudy is a little subtler um, than sure. I think we have come to expect. Um, it's 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 like I love a queer mess. I love a queer queer villain. It's they're my role models, honestly. Right. For sure. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Vincent but Price. To, I think the queer menace is less queer menace and more like. I don't think Elizabeth Debicki technically counts as, as queer coded villain, unless right, you want to put that on the table. But if not, then it'd just be a three. She's more like a fascist menace. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And we have enough of those. Fascist fan- fashionista. <laughs> fascist Easter? No. <laughs> no. Maybe that's Close. her number in the song. I'm a fashionista. Anyway, I gave up on that. Uh, John. <laughs> What do you want to write this in queer minutes? Uh, I'll give it a one for p- the potential of Uncle Rudy. 
yeah, I'll give it a one. It's almost the opposite of queer men. It's like it's more like, is it fun that they're kind of gay? You know, that's almost <laughs> like kind of what the, what's the op- queer to the uh, what's the opposite of menace? Queer titillation, uh, fun man, um, queer fun man. Yeah, um, that's the opposite of menace. Queer fun, fun uncle, um, a new hope, <laughs> Uncle Arthur. Queer yes. new hope, <laughs> queer Luke. Uh, all right. Also, a new category, three in a row. Character actress makes a big swing. I mean, I wouldn't say that either of them are character actresses. You know what I mean? Like when you say character actress, I think like Margot Martindale, you know, like Mm -hmm. I think, and I just don't think that there's really a character actress in this movie. Right. I I would agree. I would agree. So I'd give it like a two. A two. I'm going to have to go zero, unfortunately. Yeah. I think I'm also going to go zero, giving it a 0.67% bonus. All right. Next one. Witches. How witchy is the man from uncle. Well, I do think like uh, Elizabeth Debicki just like being the mastermind behind the scenes and kind of making a nuclear bomb at her secret lair. It's like some like, it's almost like the 60s spy version of a witch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Hansel and Gretel have to go get it. Yes. And they're following breadcrumbs. Huh. <laughs> like spies. <laughs> yes. Okay, this is a fun little journey you've taken yourselves on. And they push her in an oven, her own means of heat and destruction and inferno by shooting a missile at her. her you know, she gets yes. to come up. This and- really is, yeah, it's a really a Grimm's fairy tale <laughs> updated for our times, but set in the 60s. So yeah, yes. which what is, if what could be Nicole- witchier than that? Nothing. I mean, what are fairy tales if not morality tales? What was the Cold War if not a morality tale? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Children, teacher, parents, teacher, <laughs> kids about the Cuban Missile Crisis before they go to bed. Um, I would give that a four. A four. <laughs> I'm going to have to go zero. I'm sorry. Zero. <laughs> There's nothing witchy about this movie. It's all technology. Witchy energy. Which okay. you, could have, you could be a techno, techno witch. You never heard of technopathy, John? No, no I have not, Mark. <laughs> It's anyone who can manipulate uh, technology with their mind. Oh, it, that's not real, but no. Uh, okay, would it be fun? Is Wandavision? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll give it a two. Why not? Uh, give it an average of two. All right, our next category: gay actors playing gay roles. A classic. Um, I don't think there are really. I don't there's think no, it happens. I don't think so. No. The jury's in on Army Hammer and Henry Cavill. Yeah. <laughs> So sad. I mean, I would like Henry Cavill to be on our team, but no, no. I bet he'd do it for um, charity. <laughs> um, as a zero, it happens. Yeah, I have to go zero as well. I'm also gonna give it a zero. Giving it a zero. All right, our next category: themes of mothers. How would you rate the man from Uncle in themes of mothers? <laughs> Doesn't Elizabeth Debicki make some sort of comment about Napoleon Solo's mother? No, I think it's Army Hammer has. Doesn't she have the oh, big issue true. with his mother when like that's how like the Henry Cavill is to him is like yeah. your mom was like slept around really He's, popular like, with your huh? oh yeah yeah, 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 friends. yeah and every time they mention his mother like his hands start shaking again yeah and his mm-hmm. his hearing gets weird. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the guy, he makes up the story about the guy who made the Trevi Fountain did it in tribute to his mother. That's mm-hmm. true. So clearly yeah, he has ish true. this character, Ilya, has a lot of issues with his mother. It's true. I mean, I as many with as someone with many myself, I love mommy issues. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's a bonus category, you know. Yeah. yeah. I I mean on, on that basis, um, I think I'd I'd give it a three. 
a three. I'll give it a one for all those things. A one. I'll give it a three. He's a real weirdo because of his mommy. <laughs> uh, giving it a 2.33. All right. This is also a new category. How would you rate this in pearl clutching? Is there pearl clutching? There's not literal pearl clutching. Are, are uh, we pearl clutching or are the characters pearl clutching? I think it's either. If there's a moment where you're like, oh my goodness, that happened. She, Gabby at one point does toss her necklace at the thought of like marrying Army Hammer when they're like trying, making her put on clothes and like saying That's this is going to be her husband. She literally takes her necklace off in disgust. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the guys are having fun. They're tr- almost trying to make us clutch our pearls at the thought of them being queer. Good. I think they're having fun with it. Right. I don't think anyone right. in the movie is offended by anything queer. Well, uh, how about this? Uh, Henry Cavill being like the the thief, stealing everyone's it's jewelry. True. There's something a little bit there, it's like not, a pickpocket. Not definitely pearls, mm-hmm. but it, there, there is clutching. Yeah, clutching yeah. the meaning I, of it. Yeah. Honestly, the top bottom joke I did clutch my pearls because that joke is so hack. <laughs> oh, for the hackness. <laughs> not for the. La- How dare you possible? not hire Bruce Valens to punch this up? <laughs> Please, please, let's let's get uh, but, go Joel Kim Booster in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one is very scandalized in this movie much. Yeah, so I, I think I'd have to give it a two. A two. Yeah, I'll go one. One. Uh, I'll also give it a one. All right. Finally, the last in the quips category. The, the last quips. There you go. <laughs> How quippy is the man from Uncle? I think the man from Uncle is pretty quippy. I um, have a, I, I, I think because it is modeling itself after James Bond, there are like a bunch of very cleverer than thou remarks that mm. characters say. Um, I would have to give it like a seven. A seven. I think there's not a whole, to me, there wasn't a whole lot of like, that was a good line or that was a good dig. It was mostly just sort of, I don't know. It's, it felt pretty low on quips to me. I'll give it a one. A one. There's um, nothing that's coming to my mind right now. You know what I mean? Is there something that you could be like, oh, but remember that line? I did write down, the only one I wrote down was like, I'm neither a sister, neither a goat nor your sister, so take your hands off me. Right. Which, rude. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'll give it a three for uh, calling, comparing someone's sister to a goat. Uh, Given an average of 3.67. All right, now we are into the iconic categories. Okay, so now we're back to scoring from zero to 100. And these are just broader categories, sort of more umbrella things. Mm-hmm. All right, the first one on a scale of zero to 100. How would you rate the man from Uncle in homoeroticism? 100. <laughs> <laughs> the most homoerotic movie you've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> I think for what it is, it's pretty homo. For the fact that it's like a Warner Brothers, you know, big studio movie. Mm-hmm. There's also when Jared Harris goes into the men's room, stands at the urinal and says, what I'm about to feed you may taste a little bitter, but nevertheless, you're going to have to swallow it. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> and that's that I think is like quippy. That's pretty quippy. Sure, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> to me that was and i think the whole movie has like a homosexual like a homoerotic energy that's like the appeal of the entire that's the mm-hmm. reason to watch besides like it looks great the whole fun of this is all the homoeroticism that's happening like that it is happening at all is the fun yeah absolutely i agree 
I don't know. I have to say, like, I agree with all the stuff that you're saying, but there's a part of me that feels like it is ultimately going like, isn't it crazy that we're all acting like we're gay, even though we're totally not? I don't, I think they're having fun with it to me. Yeah, but I still think that like, they're like having fun with other people's toys as it were. You know what I mean? Like they're, I don't know. There's, I didn't find it like insulting, but I just felt like, like they, they, I don't know. Like I, I felt like if you're going to do it, you have to go a little farther. Maybe that's just me. You have to act okay, on that it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Again, like I wasn't insulted. I wasn't like you're co-opting uh, gay culture or anything like that. But it still just felt you're not like... gatekeeping, John. They call it gatekeeping now, John. <laughs> oh, is that, is that what I'm not doing? Gatekeeping. I keep a lot of gays myself, but <laughs> but it is like sexy. It is fun to look at. I'll give it a seventy. Seventy. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a 82. Give it an average of 84. All right, our next iconic category, over-the-top wardrobe. How much rate this an over-the-top wardrobe? I wouldn't call the wardrobe over-the-top, um, exactly. I think it it is evoking a very specific style mm-hmm. um, in, in a very... Uh, artificial way and a very kind of plasticine way which i think is fun but i wouldn't call it over the top so i i would give it like a 30 30 i think like there's i mean like first of all there's the 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 straight boys bitching over her wardrobe at the beginning which i thought was like fun and over the top and the italian fashion i get what you're saying like it's very elevated and it's very like almost over the top even though right. like you could be that you know like it's not quite drag but it's just just right it's also like it. tasteful like yeah, oh this is exactly. well chose this is well exactly done. but it's not like what are they but also this like so crazy but i think they also do a, like it is so well styled because like if you like some of those earrings or some of like the just the you know the styling is so like whoa that shouldn't work and yet it works fabulously and then mm-hmm. i also just thought the fact that there's this, this coming of, from a man in hoodie and pajama pants that's true <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the fact that there's like a recurring plot line of, around a watch, I thought sort of like gives it a <laughs> sure. little something. So I'm actually going to go 77. 77. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm right down the middle for me. I'm going to give it a 50 because it is like it all looks great, but it's nothing like so like crazy, but it's fun. So there you go. All right. Our last of the iconic categories, Camp Factor. How campy is the man from Uncle? Oh, I think it's so campy. I think, <laughs> I I think if if I mean camp means different things to different people, et cetera, et cetera. Sure, sure. But so much of my understanding of camp does have to do with like a level of artifice and excess and uh, uh, certain performativity. Like these, it is not just like these guys are playing gay and look cool doing it. It's these guys are like very much. Um, accentuating and underlying their performance of maleness itself and maleness in relation to other men, maleness in relation to men as these sort of like metaphors for national identity. Um, and also they look great doing it. And, and the way that they look is informing that. And I think that's extremely campy. Um, and I also, again, think that Alicia Vikander dancing to cry to me in the background, also <laughs> iconic camp moment. So I would give it like a 95. 95. Yeah, I think they do definitely like have fun and it's so stylish uh, for things that are you that don't uh, ask style of them as it were. So uh, I will give it an 82. 82. 
All right, I got a quick list of campy things I noticed. Here we go. A spunky girl working on a car? I feel like Henry Cavill and Army Hammer are two people who would never speak to me at a party, and that's fine. CGI <laughs> zooms. Uh, Napoleon Solo isn't just a great porn star name. It could also be a great porn title. Having a meeting with your boss in the fanciest German bathroom, trying to get the stoic man who's never expressed any emotion except anger to dance, peeling a grape having fun with flashbacks, a scientist obsessed with torture, stopping to pose for snapshots, the twinkle in Hugh Grant's eyes, pretending to be a klutz around a nuclear bomb, every dune buggy that's ever existed, throwing a motorcycle, being over 90 minutes into this movie, then realizing you have no idea why it's called The Man from Uncle, and in the end, realizing it should be called The Two Men and One Woman from Uncle. And that's all I noticed for the campy, but I think <laughs> it's fairly campy. I'll give it an 88. Feeling a grape, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> He did it twice. Uh, Given an 88.33. Do you peel uh, grapes? I never would. No. Who has the time? <laughs> what does it get you? Who's like, I love grapes, but I just hate that very harsh outer shell of a grape. It's just the pulp that I want. Even it's asking, never, like, have, have you ever peeled a grape? Feels like an innuendo or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. It never occurred to me to peel grapes before seeing this film. So it's truly eye opening experience for you. <laughs> transformative all right now we're into the crown jewels category so these categories we don't rate them we all agree it's sort of binary it either gets it or it doesn't <laughs> all right okay. the first one a 15 percent bonus for a positive portrayal of homosexuality does the man from uncle have a positive portrayal of homosexuality i don't know i could go either way honestly it's cheeky, but it's never like explicitly done. You know what I mean? So right, right. I'm going to vote no like, because I don't think anyone says they're gay. <laughs> that's true. I'm going to be a contrarian and say yes, because it's like, oh God. it's not. <laughs> I don't think anything they're doing is particularly like offensive or it's not like this, um, uh, this offensive limp wrist. Oh, I agree. Or, I don't think it's homophobic, but I don't think that the, you're like, now that's a gay person that like my dad or, you know, my conservative dad would be like, all right, if you're gay like that, then okay. You know what I mean? Like, like I guess like, like there's a lack of role models, but then there's like an yeah. uh, also then a lack of like acting on these, like the subtext in a way. Right, right. You know like, I, I think mean? like just based, just based on the fact that there are literally no actual gay characters in this movie, I think it's hard to say it's a positive portrayal <laughs> of homosexuality. Okay, that's okay, just fair, me. Right? That's my vote. Yeah, Mark, I think I'm going to say no. I think I'm going to, I can't do it. I won't. <laughs> I don't think it gets the bonus, Kyle. So sorry, Kyle. Please stay on until the end of the recording. <laughs> I am leaving. I'm turning on my heel. No. no. All right. Finally, negative 50% of all the points if this is the movie Boat Trip. This is not the movie Boat Trip, even though there are boats, but it will not be penalized 50% of its points. I... Boat trip? I'm not familiar with this. Cuba Gooding Jr., Horatio Sands, they want to get a woman, so they disguise themselves as gay men on a gay cruise. Oh, my God. What could be problematic? <laughs> oh, my God. One for the ages. We haven't watched it, but we probably will uh, coming up soonish. Um, all right, Kyle, that's it. We're done. How do you think uh, The Man from Uncle did? Do you still think you've hit the top 10? No. I, I think it did worse than I expected. I definitely <laughs> overestimated definitely overestimated its its um, ability to, to ace some of these criteria. But I do think maybe top 20, top 20. 
Top 20. Okay. All right. Well, I'll tell you exactly how it did out of a total possible. Sorry, getting used to this new thing. All right, here we go. All right, this is good. All right, got it. Out of a total possible 2,185.76 points, the man from Uncle has scored 1,438.10, giving it a percentage of 65.79, making it the 29th gayest movie ever. Not as gay as Meet Me in St. Louis, but gayer than Mean Girls. That's okay. pretty good. That's right. <laughs> And that has an actual out gay person in it. <laughs> I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Meet Me in St. Louis is, is that low. Well, there's a, the scoring system changed. So if, if we were to bring it back or relook at it, it would probably do better. It would probably right. do That's better. Fair. I don't know if it would do that much better. I don't know if it would be top 10. Right. Maybe but I, I, I mean, I am, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that it was that it was. It's an honor just to be nominated, really. True. Absolutely. <laughs> and you kick Mean Girls in the teeth. So there you, you go. should be happy with that. <laughs> well, Kyle, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, so such a fun to have you on. Is there anything you. you'd like? I was just going to say anything you'd like to plug, promote, or shill for at this time? Um, well, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Um, you can find me on the internet at Tyle Kerner on Twitter and, and whatnot. Um, you can listen to my podcast with my friend Billy McEntee um, called Lasagna Time with Billy and Kyle. And we talk about our favorite food moments in pop culture, like film, TV, et cetera. Fabulous. So check all of that out. Thank you so much. And we'll, we'll be, be right back. back. We're back. back. What a Tough delight. learning curve with this new spreadsheet. <laughs> I got to get used to things. You're good. Mark, you did a great job. And don't worry, uh, uh, the, the awkward, the truly awkward fumbles, I will edit out. Don't you worry. You will. I will. We're a team. I know you like to be. So now I sound crazy. Like <laughs> now I sound like a perfectionist or something. A perfect. Why? Because <laughs> there's no been no mistakes. People there's are like, no what mistakes. is he talking about? Yeah, that's why everyone loves you. Your lack of mistakes. Oh, that, please. <laughs> I don't think you think uh, Mimi just having Judy Garland in something would make it like number one or top five. I think it's up there. I think it should be. I think it's a pretty gay movie. I mean, it's a Judy Garland movie. It's one of her top three directed by Vincent Minnelli. That's where they met and then subsequently gave birth to Liza Minnelli. There's a lot. Yeah, going but on we don't have a lot of categories gay. for like progeny birthed from movie. No, but now that we've got musical potential and it is a musical and it was a well, musical sure. on stage, there's a lot. There's a lot there. <laughs> so are we too skewed towards musicals now? Well, I think that's just part of what happens. I mean, like it's gay. Like I, musicals tend to are pretty gay uh, friendly, but they aren't just. You know, there are other gay no, movies are gay too. I, I'm not saying they're not. <laughs> like horror. musicals have a certain, uh, you know, a certain advantage. Sure. I guess we have macabre for horror. There we go. Yeah, exactly. All right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Speaking of everybody winning, we got a review on uh, iTunes. This is from Panda Geek, even though one of the E's is a three. Uh, they give us five stars. It says, uh, Mark and John are the fairy godmothers I wish I had as a young queen. Their hilarious takes wow. on movies and queerdom make my day. Also, the bonus episodes on Patreon are a hoot. Get into it. Well, thank you, Panda Geek. 
That's so nice. Thank you. Uh, We do have fun on our Patreon, don't we? We It's pretty much exactly like this, but different things. (laughs) Different movies. Not just movies, but movies mostly. Not just movies, but mostly movies. 90% movies. That's right. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much for that review. If you guys uh, have a moment, if you could rate and subscribe, uh, you know, rate and review our podcast, it really helps the algorithm. People find the podcast. We really appreciate that. Um, and also, if you have any other thoughts or ideas, stuff you think we should do on the Patreon or here, you can email us at two old queens. That's T W O old queens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at two old queens, T W O old queens. Follow me on Letterboxd where I maintain the current movie rankings. Yes. And we also have merch if you want uh, some more of this and you have a tote or a onesie or whatnot or magnets or notebooks. Go to uh, T Public and search for two old queens. We've got a lot of fun stuff over there. And, and our as Patreon, we've, mentioned, we've got right? a Patreon. Yes. It's two old queens, the retirement plan. As we said, it's just more of this every week. Um, so it's a fun way to support the podcast. Right now, I think by the time this comes out, we'll be doing Dolly Parton movies. I think that we're either about to do them. Yeah. The oeuvre. The, the oeuvre of oeuvre. Dolly. Mm-hmm. And then I want to do, we'll see if it happens, but I'm pretty excited. This summer, we have a series in the works. Does okay, John know what I'm talking about? It's not news to you. About. I told him that <laughs> we're going to do a summer of Spidey, all the Spider-Man movies. <laughs> well, eight. I guess we have to do it now because you I just told said you it about the this before. You just, <laughs> I'm, I didn't say it was against. Okay, it's happening. It's happening. So get on it now <laughs> while you can. Now that you've heard about it, start um, watching the Spider-Man movie. Oh yeah, there's as Mark said, there's eight of them. Uh, great. I might be. I might it? be. Yeah, might be off. Know. Who cares? Who knows? No. I mean, by the time it comes well, out, there might be a few more. That's right. Well, we know what our movie is next week. So if that's you want to bone up a little Excuse Happy me. Madison production, I believe, called <laughs> The Wedding Singer. John's never seen it. I saw I've never it once. Seen it. Okay. I don't remember it being very gay, but maybe it is. Who knows? Then the Step 80s. Barrymore. Yeah. New Wave there's, music. There's singing. New Wave is inherently kind of gay. Mm-hmm. All that hair. Walk the Seagulls. Heard of them? <laughs> open your eyes open your mind open your hearts thanks for listening everybody yes, we'll see appreciate you it. next time goodbye now it's time for credits we got music by Danny Cohen artwork by Connie Shin and special thanks to Alex Archer and Mike Rennie bye goodbye. we didn't get that right hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.